Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new episode. Full disclosure, I am actually recording this podcast from bed. (laughs) I am looking out of my window it's a really nice day actually here. It's sunny. I can see the sea. Um, yeah, we have just returned from a week skiing. Um, so if you listen to my last episode, we were just about to head off. Um, we are fortunate enough to live a couple of hours drive from a ski resort called Sierra Nevada, um, which is an incredible ski resort. It's pretty high. So even though here in the south of Spain, it's quite warm, Um, You head up there and it's a very high resort, so they get snow and yeah, it was an amazing week. However, going anywhere with three small children, honestly, like I don't want to moan about it too too much because I'm very lucky to be able to travel with my family and, um, you know, I know how fortunate I am to be able to take these incredible trips and to go skiing and that's a wonderful thing, but... Traveling with three small children, really, it was a lot. Um, we normally have a, uh, we've got a nanny that lives in with us and she's been off sick. She's hurt her shoulder. So we have been going solo for the past month now, which when you've got three small children, um, you know, my youngest is only one. So one, three and five. Um, we don't have any family that live here with us. So yeah, we're also obviously running a business and, you know, doing all the things. So yeah, it's been a lot. And skiing was just, it took it to a whole new level. If anyone's been skiing before, you'll know, like even just getting yourself dressed to go on a mountain is a lot. All of the layers you have to put on, the ski boots, the helmet, the gloves, you know, you're inside getting ready and then you're boiling hot. Um, and then trying to do that with the children as well was just it was wild. And then one day I, so my eldest daughter, she was in ski school and she was, you know, she's pretty happy to be up the mountain. She loves it. My middle son, he has just turned three and I thought, well, we gave him a go in ski school and he just wasn't really feeling it. So we thought, let's just leave it for now. And there was a nursery down at the bottom that we popped him in. Him and my youngest daughter went into the nursery. And then I thought one day, I'm going to take him up the mountain. I'm going to teach him how to ski. So I did that by myself and it was a disaster. (laughs) We did two runs and he was fine. And then all of a sudden, third time round, he just decided to stop halfway down the mountain and said he wanted me to carry him. And he's very strong-willed, which is a great thing. I love that about all of my kids, how fiercely strong-willed they are. However, when you're a parent with a strong-willed child, it can be quite challenging. (laughs) So halfway down the mountain, he wanted me to carry him, would not move, wanted to take his skis off. Um, I didn't have the strength to be able to ski down the mountain whilst carrying him. That was just not an option. So it took a lot of coaxing. um, And eventually I managed to get him kind of to the midway point where I got him a Kinder Egg and 
calmed him down a little bit. But I got back at the end of that day and yeah, (laughs) I just wanted to cry. I felt so overwhelmed, so overstimulated, so exhausted. And my husband and I looked at each other that evening and we were like, why have we even come up here? Now, I'm sharing with this this with you now. You might be thinking this is too much information. Just get on with the podcast. But I really want to be as open and transparent about my life as possible. And there's so many things about my life that are absolutely incredible. Um, and I share a lot on social media as well. And sometimes it can probably seem like it's this really perfect life where, you know, we're always smiling, we're always doing these amazing things, always, you know, going in amazing places. And actually, sometimes behind the scenes, things are actually falling apart. <laughs> and we are just surviving, basically. And I felt like this week was one of those weeks. There were some lovely moments within the week, of course, um, especially when, you know, skiing with my daughter and just seeing her enjoy it. And she's really able to control her speed now, which means that we can kind of ski together and it's actually fun. But yeah, there was those little glimmers, (laughs) but a lot of the week was just, yeah, it felt like we were in survival mode. So me and my husband, we looked at each other and it got to the end of the day. And we were both just sat there staring at the TV in, you know, the, the place that we were staying. The TV wasn't even turned on. We weren't speaking to each other and we were just completely zoned out. And we just couldn't even be bothered to eat. We were both starving, but we couldn't even be bothered to eat. And it got me thinking, we were like, wow, our nervous systems are really deregulated at the moment. And we decided that we needed to do a bit of a nervous system reset. If we were going to survive the rest of the trip, we needed to reset our nervous system. So I thought what would be a really interesting topic for this episode is to give you some of my key takeaways for regulating your nervous system and and calming yourself back down, getting yourself out of that um, constant fight or flight mode. Now, this topic is something that comes up very regularly in my work as a coach as well, specifically the work that I do around feminine leadership, because that's really all about helping women to step into their work and step into their life and create incredible success, but without having to slip into that default mode of stress, exhaustion, burnout. So it's really about rewiring our belief system in terms of what it takes to create success. But it's also about making that... Um, state of calm and peace become our new normal. So one of the things, the first sort of things that we do when I work with some of my clients is we get their baseline operating system to be one of peace and calm. So, so often our default baseline operating system is one of stress, panic, fear, exhaustion. That's all our subconscious knows, our subconscious believes that's, that's who we need to be. Um, in order to be successful, in order to get the things that we want in life, in order to do the things that we want to do. And therefore, it will always gravitate back to what is familiar. You know, that's just how the subconscious mind works. So getting out of this state means to start familiarizing ourselves with a new way of being, this place of ease and calm. Now, this work is so important because when your nervous system is deregulated and perhaps you are experiencing chronic stress, It can hinder your ability to connect with your intuition, which is incredibly important as a feminine leader. It hinders your ability to actually listen to what your body needs and to honor your body's own energetic needs. It 
prevents you from being able to fully embrace your emotional intelligence. And these are all things that are key to you being able to rise into your power as a feminine leader. Now, something that I recognized in both myself and my husband when we were kind of having this stressful time in the mountains were that we were in a state of functional freeze. And I want to go through some of the signs to kind of pay attention for because Functional free states, these happen when we've been carrying a lot of stress or it may even be trauma. We've been carrying that in the body for a while and our nervous system as a result, it becomes to get overloaded and these signs of burnout and exhaustion start to creep in. So let's go through some of the things to pay attention to. So it might be, this was something that kind of my husband and I recognized that you get into this state where you're just completely zoned out. (laughs) So one evening I just, I got out of the shower and I was literally just sat there in my towel, (laughs) just not doing anything. Um, I also spoke so quite earlier, my husband and I, we were just sat exhausted, looking at the TV, it wasn't even switched on. We couldn't be bothered to get up and start preparing our food for the evening. Um, It's almost this state of just being zoned out. So maybe this is something that you've experienced as well. This can be a sign of functional freeze. Um, So maybe it's sitting in your towel after a shower. Maybe you, you get in your car and you just kind of sit there and you don't actually turn the engine on and you're just kind of zoned out a little bit. Um, Something else to pay attention for is binge watching. So again, this is where we kind of zone out just as a way to numb ourselves, disconnect from what we're feeling, kind of get out of that really stressed state. Um, So maybe it's binge watching, you know, TV shows, or maybe your way to zone out is just kind of aimlessly scrolling through social media. These are things to pay attention for, especially if you're kind of just going through the motions and you're kind of really disconnected from yourself, disconnected from your body. And it's just, you're kind of mindlessly doing something. Maybe your sign of being in functional freeze is that you are really kind of wanting to avoid connecting with other people. So my husband and I, we just didn't want to speak to each other. We just didn't want to communicate at all. Um, We had some friends that were actually in the ski resort at the same time and we got invited to go out for dinner and the thought of just being social and chatting with people, we just, we just couldn't, (laughs) it was just out of, out of our zone of possibility. So this can again be a sign of functional freeze where you perhaps don't want to go to social events. Maybe you cancel plans. Um, You know, you don't want to go and chat and be social with friends. The other sign to look out for, um, and I recognize this a lot actually in the women that I work with who are in very sort of senior high performance careers where they're very much at the top of their game, where they spend the whole day performing very well. You know, they're putting on a face, they're smiling with their co-workers, they're meeting their deadlines, they're showing up and being that boss, but they get to the end of the day and they just want to collapse on their couch. And maybe again, it's just this zoning out, putting the TV on, um, going on Instagram and just aimlessly scrolling. Maybe it's grabbing that glass of wine and not really savoring that that taste or the, the enjoy, enjoying that experience, just kind of using it as a way to numb themselves out. Now, there's some other a little bit more strange signs, but these are also things that I've noticed within my body. And these are really signals to me that I am stuck in a stressed state, that my nervous system is deregulated and, you know, I need to do something about it. Um, So the first thing is clenching 
your glutes. <laughs> and I'm not the only one that ex- has experienced this because a lot of my clients have mentioned that this is something when they start to pay attention to their bodily signs, this is something that they notice as well. They clench their glutes. Um, the other thing can be clenching your stomach. Um, again, something that I definitely feel within my body. Also clenching the jaw. So again, your body is going to give you signs. The thing is that when we're in the stress state, the thing that we ignore the most is our bodily cues. We're just kind of so caught up in our heads that we are not very present in our bodies and we can't recognize that our body is telling us, look, you need to slow down. You need to regulate your nervous system. You need to take a breath here. Something else to pay attention to is that when you're relaxing or supposedly relaxing, is there anything else going on? So something that I recognize in myself and I actually recognize it in my family members as well is that we will pick at things. So maybe we'll be picking at a nail or picking at a spot on our face or fidgeting. So it's not like we're, we're completely relaxed. Um, something that's very, very prevalent for me when my nervous system is deregulated is that I get very overwhelmed and overstimulated by sounds. So this was especially heightened the week we were skiing because we were staying in an apartment, so a much smaller space than what we were used to. And obviously having three kids, it was very loud, very noisy. And being in that sort of environment, I could feel my whole body tensing up. Um, also jumping really easily. So I noticed over the course of the week, which I guess is slightly normal because I'm in a ski resort with small kids and, you know, putting your kids on skis is pretty anxiety inducing, but I felt like I was just jumping at everything. I was stood one morning, um, there's a coffee shop just before the main ski lift and I was waiting for my coffee and a dog came up next to me. And honestly, I nearly threw my coffee up in the air. I love dogs, (laughs) but it was like, I was just in this really sort of jumpy, anxious state where it wouldn't take much to kind of, yeah, make me kind of jump out of my skin. I also found myself quite short of breath. Um, I was holding my breath a lot. I kept thinking to myself, why am I getting so out of breath as I'm skiing down this mountain, because realistically, gravity is doing a lot of the work. (laughs) I know skiing is a sport, but the reality is you're going downhill. Gravity is playing the main role here. So I was getting so out of breath and thinking why. And I realized that as I was skiing, I was actually holding my breath. So again, these are all signs that you may be in a stuck in a stress state and that your nervous system is deregulated. But let's jump into what we can actually do about it. Now, I do want to start by saying that what I'm going to share are some techniques that will temporarily help to reset your nervous system. But you want to almost think of these things as surface level work. So they will perhaps help you feel better for a short period of time. But really what you need to be doing is getting to the root cause of why your nervous system is deregulated in the first place and why stress, like for so many of us, has become your emotional home. We repeat what we don't repair. So if you want to fully heal your nervous system, it means really going back into the root cause and healing things at the root. So this is where going into your subconscious beliefs, it's looking at your relationship with your parents, how you were raised. It's exploring unhealed wounds, you know, big or small that can leave lasting imprints on our nervous system. And this can range from anything from, you know, witnessing a car accident in childhood, maybe experiencing a toxic relationship. It may be chronic child neglect. It could be getting bullied at school. It could be the pressures that were put on you as a child, the expectations or responsibilities that were put on you as a child. 
Um, whatever those unhealed wounds are, these experiences can leave us stuck in this heightened state of fight or flight. It can leave us unable to fully transition into a state of relaxation and safety. So again, these tools that I want to share can very much help you in the moment, but the real work is going to be digging into these unhealed wounds um, and also exploring um, you know, our relationship with stress. Um, our modern world is very much rife with external factors which contribute to a deregulated nervous system. So we're constantly bombarded with lots of information. We've got this constant pressure to perform. Um, We've got this um, glorification of the the hustle mentality where we're kind of constantly told that we've got to work hard, we've got to hustle harder, we've got to show up and do more and be more in order to create the life that we want. And all of this bombards our nervous system with continuous stress signals and this chronic stimulation it just keeps us on edge and it really makes it difficult for us to find moments of peace and restoration. So the tools that I'm going to share with you then again very useful in the moment but to really heal and repair this cycle of nervous system deregulation, this cycle of stress, and get to the root cause of it, you're really going to want to explore these unhealed wounds and explore your relationship with stress and your beliefs about stress. And by doing this, we can then actually retrain our nervous system. So let's go into some of the um, simple things that we can do when we recognize we're in this heightened state of stress. First of all, relax your jaw. Something that's so, so simple, but it can be so beneficial. So as I mentioned, I definitely notice I carry stress within my face. Um, The jaw is one of the first places where we actually hold tension, especially during stress and anxiety. Some people also experience um, the grinding of the teeth. And what this does, it creates tightness in the muscles, it restricts our blood flow, and it just contributes to this general feeling of strain. So actually just relaxing the jaw can actually help release this physical tension. And what this then does, it sends signals to the body that it is safe to enter a calmer state. Now, relaxing the jaw, what you can also do is stimulate the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is also sometimes nicknamed the relaxation highway. So this plays a crucial role in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for promoting calmness um, and also promoting digestion. Um, So relaxing the jaw, it stimulates this vagus nerve and therefore encourages the body to shift from this fight or flight mode into a more relaxed state. And then once you've relaxed your jaw, begin opening your shoulders and actually relaxing your chest. Chronic stress, it often manifests as physical tension. So maybe you've experienced this, particularly in the upper body. You perhaps get tightness in your chest um, and in your shoulders, which can then restrict your breathing. It perhaps limits your movements. It can also contribute to this feeling of being on edge. So just by opening your shoulders and relaxing your chest muscles, you actually release this physical tension. And again, it's sending signals to your body that it can begin to unwind. What this also does is it then can um, help with your breathing. So when we're tight in the chest, it constricts our breathing. So maybe you've noticed you shallow breathe. Maybe you do very rapid breath. Um, And this type of breathing activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight mode. So when we're shallow breathing, we're saying to our nervous system, I'm in danger. Um, So this then further fuels this feeling of stress. So opening these areas, your 
shoulders, your chest. It allows for deeper, slower breaths. And what this then does is it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, um, which again is associated with rest um, and promotes relaxation. Um, and then similar to relaxing the jaw, releasing tension in the chest and shoulders can also stimulate the vagus nerve. Also start paying attention to your breath. Um, again, we tend to breathe very shallowly um, and also quite rapidly when we're in a state of stress. So actually lengthening your exhalation and doing it through pursed lips. So taking a longer count to actually exhale and being very conscious and mindful as you exhale. So maybe breathing in, but then taking, you know, maybe perhaps eight counts to exhale through your pursed lips. Um, and what we're doing there, these deep, slow breaths, again, activating the parasympathetic nervous system, um, which promotes relaxation. We are signaling to our body to enter a calmer state. Um, we're reducing the stress hormones like cortisol, which will then help promote relaxation. Um, and again, the breath is also going to help stimulate that vagus nerve. By so slowing down our breath, we are then able to help break that stress cycle because when we're feeling stressed, the breathing tends to be shallow, rapid, which just reinforces that fight or flight response and creates this self-perpetuating cycle of stress. But lengthening our breath, it disrupts this cycle by introducing a pattern of slow, controlled breathing. And this breaks the momentum of the stress response and it actually allows your body to begin transitioning towards this calmer state. A breathwork technique that I actually use regularly when I find that my nervous system is deregulated is box breathing. So inhaling for a count of four, holding for a count of four, and then exhaling for a count of four. Um, and at the bottom of the breath, count for four. And I will repeat this several cycles until I start to feel myself really calm down. Now, again, I just want to reinforce that these are tools and techniques that can help you in the moment. So when you find yourself really overwhelmed, some of those things that I discussed at the beginning of this podcast, where you're perhaps in that state of functional freeze, these are things that can really help reset that nervous system. Something else to be mindful of is where you are telling yourself, this is just circumstantial. Now, the reason why I say this is because this was something that I recognized myself saying after the ski trip. We're like, of course we were stressed. It's just circumstantial. You know, we were in a stressful environment with small children and, you know, it's completely normal to be feeling the way that we're feeling. And I definitely recognize this same pattern telling myself this same story back when I was working in the corporate world where I was saying, well, of course I'm stressed. This is just how work life is. You know, you're in a high pressured job. Um, work is stressful. You have to work hard. You are going to feel tired. Everybody's feeling the same way. And what we're doing here in these moments is we are trying to normalize how we're feeling. We're trying to use our circumstances or, as an, or our environment as an excuse as to why we're feeling that why we are. Now, there are certain elements where yes our environment and our circumstances will play a role in the stress that we're feeling and there is no denying that but if we're always to blame our environment or our circumstances we are then handing over our power to something that's external to us and we sometimes then feel powerless to change how we're feeling so if you're in let's say a stressful job and you're feeling constantly stressed and you're saying, well, it's my work that's making me feel this way, it can almost feel that we're a victim to our circumstances and therefore feel 
powerless or helpless in being able to change how we're actually feeling. Whereas if we're actually able to take responsibility for how we're feeling, and if we are able to say, look, I'm aware that my circumstances may be making me feel more stressed. However, it is my perception of my circumstances and my beliefs around my circumstances that are contributing the most to my stress response we can start to take our power back because these are things that we can actually control. We can control how we perceive things. We can control our belief system. We can change our belief system. So take, for example, my situation. I can't change the fact that I've got three small children. I can't change the fact that they are, you know, they're going to be loud. They're going to have tantrums. They're going to be moments where they're going to be strong-willed and it's going to be stressful. That's the life of being a parent. And that's what I've signed up for. And that is something that I cannot control. But what I can control is how I respond to things. I can control how I'm perceiving the environment that I'm in. I can can control my belief system. Something that was interesting that came up for me was that when we told a few people that we were taking our kids skiing, the response was, are you mad? (laughs) You know, you're crazy. That's going to be so stressful. And, you know, that's a lot. That's going to be really hard work. So often our belief system is influenced by what we hear from others, especially if those people are quite close to us, you know, family members. We often will adopt the thoughts and beliefs of the people that we are closest to. And then what happens is we have something called confirmation bias. So our brains naturally seek information that confirms our existing beliefs. So if we're being told this is going to be stressful, we're going to look for all of the reasons as to why this is actually going to be true. So when we are then stressed, we're more likely to focus on our external factors that contribute to our stress, reinforcing the narrative that, you know, this is out of our control. So we're, again, this is where we start to blame our circumstances. Yes, of course I'm stressed because look, I'm on a ski trip with three small children. Um, We focus on the stressful environment and therefore in doing so, we then just become more stressed. So it kind of creates this vicious cycle. And this confirmation bias, it will then hinder the recognition of how our own perceptions and interpretations can actually influence our experience of stress. So for me and my husband, it was really taking a step back and realizing, okay, look, this is our environment now. This is out of our control. You know, this is how our kids are probably going to be for the week. You know, they're tired they you know they're in a new environment they're probably not going to sleep well we just have to reside ourselves to the fact that you know we've chosen to come here and this is the the situation that we're in but how can we perceive this in a different way and do we perhaps have some beliefs that aren't serving us in this situation so for me a big realization was this expectation and pressure that i was putting on myself to have the perfect family holiday. You know, we're going away for the week and I wanted it to be this really idyllic week. I realized that a lot of my stress was being derived from the fact that my reality wasn't necessarily meeting my idyllic expectations that I put on this week. And then in that state of everything feels like it's going wrong, everything's so stressful, the kids are out of control, in that place of, you know, focusing on what was going wrong, it just felt like things were getting worse and worse and worse. But actually just taking a step back and being able to laugh at the crazy, (laughs) being able to let it go a little bit and let go of this pressure and expectation that things were just going to be rosy all the time and just acknowledge the fact that we've got three small children, we're in a different place and things, you know, every now and again, the shit is going to hit the fan and that is okay. 
Now, this perfectionism mindset, I think, has a very big role to play in why we perceive situations to be more stressful than what they need to be, why we end up you know, having a deregulated nervous system because we put all of these pressures and expectations on ourselves to perform at a certain level all of the time. We overthink everything. We overanalyze things. We worry too much about what other people will think. We get stuck in fear about doing something wrong, you know, saying the wrong thing or making the wrong decision. We build everything up in our heads to be far bigger than what it needs to be. And sometimes when we take a step back and realize from an outsider's perspective what's actually going on, the world isn't going to end. So for me and my husband, when we did this, we kind of took a step back and said, look, okay, we've we've come on holiday. The kids are being a bit wild. We're exhausted. That's okay. It's normal to feel like this. It's normal for it to be a little bit stressful. The world isn't ending. There are still moments in this holiday where we've had a great time. Let's just focus on the things that we can control and the moments that we're enjoying. And in the moments when it is going a little bit wild, let's just take a breath and let's just see if we can just laugh at this, laugh at how wrong things are going and try to be a little bit more playful and humorous with the times that perhaps we were initially perceiving to be very, very stressful. Um, so yes, I hope this episode has resonated with you. And um, yeah, there's some practical things that you can go ahead and try next time you feel yourself in that state of functional freeze or heightened state of stress and you feel like your nervous system needs a little bit of a reset. Now, before I go, I have a very exciting invitation for you. If you are a coach that is looking to up-level your coaching business through the work of feminine leadership, so you would like to expand your coaching practice to help women step into their next level of success, of impact, of wealth by embracing their feminine energy, we are opening up a brand new free workshop. This workshop will help you to up-level your coaching skills within the feminine leadership space. It's going to equip you to work with CEOs, career women, professionals, entrepreneurs, creatives, um, basically helping women create extraordinary lives, extraordinary success, but without succumbing to that stress and hustle mode mentality. So really being able to create success and wealth from a place that really feels good. The workshop will also teach you how to shift into your own feminine power so that you can create success as a business owner from this place of ease and flow. So again, if you are a coach and you are ready to seriously shift into your feminine leadership era um, and coach women within this space as well, then please head to the show notes where you will find a link to join my Feminine Leadership Workshop for free. Um, You can also go to sheleads.com co forward slash workshop. So that's sheleads.co forward slash workshop. And you can sign up for the workshop there. Um, Yes, I have loved connecting with you on this episode, ladies. And I really hope that you found those tips useful. Have a wonderful week and I will see you on the next episode. If you are wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.